Good morning, Arbor. Good morning. I love the response. This is great. You guys have been up for a while, it seems like, for an early service. Uh, I'm, I'm Pat. I'm one of Jake's friends. Uh, I, I ended up in ministry, and this is my 10th year now um, in ministry, because Jake hired me. And I am still at the place that he hired me at, and I love it. It's just down the road, Overlake. Uh, it's over in Redmond there. And, and, I, and I have to say this. Uh, I, I know you guys probably already know how blessed you are with Jake as your lead here, but my highlight, one of my highlights every month, is lunch with that guy, is just getting to sit down and have a meal, and um, I always leave personally encouraged, but also I find myself just crazy excited about the things happening here. Uh, Jake, Jake will share just kind of updates, and, and I just, I'm like, just know you have a huge fan just down the road. I just love everything I hear that's happening in this church family here, and so uh, part of me feels like that person, if you're on a, in a road race, anybody run like a 5K or half or a full marathon or something, and, and there's people on the, on the sides of the streets just kind of cheering you on, and, and maybe they're, you know, just, just eating breakfast, and then they'll kind of toot an air horn or something like that, or hold, hold up a sign. I feel like that's me. I feel like I just want to tell you guys, just keep going. You guys are, you guys are running such a good race. Just keep going together. Uh, 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 keep pressing in. Uh, serve in the media team, it sounds like. Uh, you, you know, like all, all these things matter. All these things matter. Uh, well, well, in case this is your, your first time or maybe, maybe you just float in every once in a while or you've been out on, on work or something, uh, let, me, let me briefly catch you up as to where we're at in this teaching series on the, on the Holy Ghost. And, and, and so a couple weeks ago, Jake uh, kind of hit lead off and, and it was on the person of the Holy Spirit, of who is the Holy Spirit. So, so check that out online. It was all about the person, getting to know who the Spirit is. And, and then last week, it was the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise, this fulfillment, this, this reality that the Spirit can fill our lives. And so this week, week three, we're going to talk about the produce of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and how the Spirit goes about that work, producing uh, that fruit in our lives. And then next week, Jake will, Jake will hit back, back clean up with, with everything uh, that I totally missed. So here we go. I want to start with a, a, an illustration to kind of ground things, to kind of make things a little, little more concrete, maybe. Uh, uh, and, and this is just how I learned. So maybe this is for me, but, but perhaps this is helpful for you too. Uh, what I have here, if you can't see well, or if you've never seen a contraption like this, is a French press. And so uh, 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 I need grace in this room. I don't make French press, uh, French press often, so, so have grace on me in case I don't go through the right steps. But, but here is the French press. And what I want to do is I, I want to let you know this is you. The, the, this, these carefully measured out coffee grounds is you. I know some of you are looking at the shape of the glass and you're like, I love my figure, you know, like, and, and I'd say don't get too cocky because I'm about to pour you into this nice rotund container here. So uh, from, from coffee grounds you have come and from coffee grounds you shall return. But here, here is your life, okay? And, 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 and the reality is that, that you've been all carefully crafted, and grown, and, and, and each and every one of you has different notes and flavors and personalities, and, and this creator has, has done a work of sourcing you, of tending to you, of caring for you, of, of harvesting you, of, of roasting you, of grinding you, of, okay, 
I know, it's, you know, analogies break down at some point. This is not like a torture session. But all this to say, uh, here, here is you, right here. And, and yet your life is not in its fullest. You haven't come fully alive yet until you have received Jesus Christ. And so there's this moment of conversion. There's this moment of recognizing that the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ is life-changing news. Life-changing news, eternity-changing news. And when you believe in that, then there is this life-giving source, this living water that's poured into your life at a perfect 200 degrees. And so here it is, and just to make sure we get Jesus into every nook and cranny of your life, we'll (laughs) make sure we give it a good stir here. And, And so here we have coffee. We have coffee, all done. We have the water, we have the grounds, and yet, how many of you would just look forward to down in this right now? Yeah, not, not too many, not too many. It's not done yet. The process is not complete. It's called a French press because you have to press it. You have to go about this, this work. And if, you know, pretend we waited four minutes for a perfect brew, but we don't have four minutes. Uh, and so there's this process where we need a little bit of pressure. We need, we need a, a little bit of help. We need to undergo a bit of a process here to be perfected. And so this is really what we learned. Uh, again, a part of who the Spirit is is, is divine helper. And, and so as, as the Spirit does his work in our lives, you can begin to see ever so slowly there's perfection that begins to give way. That, that, that the ultimate goal of what's happening here, you can begin to see and it begins to expand and grow and and this is consistent, and it's slow, and it's yet steady, and yet it's leading to something holy and perfect and consecrated. And here it is. Eventually, over the course of your whole life, the Spirit doing His work in your life until you are complete, and you are poured out into the, the, the cup I made in my middle school pottery class. <laughs> totally kidding. There's no way. There's no way. And here you have, this is, this is, this is, the, the, this is perfection here. This is glorification. This is, this, is, this is holy coffee being poured out. I, I can't wait to sip on this for the next 28 minutes as we, as we learn together. But, but this is a bit of what we're talking about. That the Holy Spirit has all kinds of work to be done in our lives. And so really what we've looked at is there's this moment of justification, of conversion, of trusting in Jesus. And so we are saved and then there's this process, there's this, this pressing, and, and that's sanctification, that, that, that is us being saved, this ongoing work. And then there's this final end, this state of glorification, and, and so we will be saved. And, and what I want to do, and what we'll be talking about this morning, is that, again, that middle step, sanctification. And, and, and it's this, it's, it's that we recognize every person, not just in this room, but ever has been created in the image of God. And yet the Spirit is the one making us more into the likeness of God. Not equal with God. There, there's a distinction. There will always be a distinction between creator and creature or creation. And yet there's this work that the Spirit does to make us into who we are called to be. 
And so what I want to do now, and, and, I, and I, rarely, I rarely ever do this, and yet I felt just like I, I really wanted to, 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 to take time and take a moment here for this, is I just want to read a passage out of Galatians. And, and without pausing, without taking just a couple words or verses to, to add some commentary, I just want to read it in full and just let you hear it. Uh, I, w- I want you to hear, again, these words that, that we believe in the Christian tradition have been inspired by this very spirit we've been learning about. And so uh, for this reason, I actually don't want uh, the, the, the scriptures won't be on screen. I actually want to invite you in this moment. Just close your eyes. Uh, just get yourself completely where you're at in this moment. And, and I know it's, it, it can be difficult to, 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 to live distraction-free for any moment of time. And, and yet, if we just can give ourselves just one minute to hear these words, I think you'd be amazed at what is churned up, what you hear, what's illuminated. So here we begin. Hear these words out of Galatians chapter 5. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead... Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. But let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen. Paul is getting at something here as he's writing to this region, this in modern day Turkey now, but this region of Galatia and, 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 and what he's recognized has gone on is, is that these believers, when, when they came to the, 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 this moment of conversion, this moment of giving their lives over to Jesus, uh, uh, after that, there were some other people coming in and saying, that's great, but you also now need to do some of these other things that are found in the law, such as circumcision, which 
would be a bummer if you're a guy. But uh, it, uh, all these other things, all these different things that you have to jump, hoops to jump through and stuff. And, and so Paul's rightly reminding them of the true and the one and the only gospel, which is Jesus Christ. And, and that you're good with God because of what Jesus has done, not, not because of what you can do. And, and so Paul is writing this letter and, and, he, and he wants to prove to them, he wants to show them that, hey, you know what? You are free. You are free. The spirit in you is bringing freedom to your life. And yet he also needs to show what that freedom means, what that looks like, what that leads to, and what it doesn't lead to. It's freedom for freedom's sake, not freedom to do these things that in fact don't even lead to freedom. And so that's what he's pointing out. And, and the main idea, the, the, the big thought, if there's like seven words that you walk away with this morning, it, it would be these. It's simply this, that the Holy Spirit produces lives of love. That's what the Spirit's work is about. That the Spirit in this process, the Spirit in this process of our salvation, of us following Jesus, is constantly, is continuously making us more like Him, more like Jesus, which is to be more loving. To be more loving. I love one of, one of my favorite um, theologians from, from the 20th century, uh, and I, I, I've been reading a lot of his stuff recently, and so it's no surprise he's been showing up in a lot of messages I've been preaching recently, but, but Jürgen Moltmann, I love Jürgen Moltmann, and, he, and here's what he says. He says, when the Christian creeds call God's Spirit the Holy Spirit, this says on the one hand who God's Spirit is, which is holy, and on the other hand what the Spirit does that the Spirit is doing this act of creating holiness in our lives, of creating us to be more loving, that that is the produce. That's the outcome. That's the result. And so I want to point to just four things. And again, this you'll kind of see how things start to kind of, kind of weave together with previous weeks if you've been here uh, on this journey. But there's, there's kind of four different words used in, in a couple of those verses that, that speaks of the Spirit's kind of work of what's it look like? How is the Spirit bringing about this work? How is the Spirit doing this? And it's, it's found, uh, Galatians 5, verse 16, it, it's in this word of guide, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. In verse 17, the Spirit wants that the fact that the Spirit has desires. And, and, and then further in verse 17, the Spirit gives us desires. So the, the Spirit has these desires and gives them to us. And then again, verse 18, and when you are directed by the Spirit, the Spirit is, is kind of directing. Uh, the, the imagery that, I, that comes to my mind is uh, I have a goal. In the next five years, I want to summit Mount Baker, Mount Rainier, and Mount Hood. And you better believe, I am going to have a guide. I am going to have someone who has done it before, who has gone multiple times, who knows how to not just get up there, but how to get back down and to do it alive. Like, that's who I'm looking for. And, 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 and so, again, this imagery of, of recognizing the, the Spirit's role in our lives, in our journeys, is, is one where we should trust, where we should be attentive one where we recognize the Spirit knows best. And, and perhaps it sounds a little overbearing to think that the Spirit has desires for you. But think of it this way. The Spirit's desires are for you. For you. For your best. For your most flourishing state of being. For your good. 
for the, 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 the foolish actualization of who you've been destined to be. And so what Peter, or Peter, Paul, Paul wrote this, I do know that much. Uh, what Paul writes here, and, and he kind of like starts to use a little bit of didactic teaching where he kind of presents one thing and then kind of shows the opposite here and, and kind of puts them in a conversation showing these things are in fact opposed. These things are in fact opposed. So let me read for you again, and, and again, this will be on screen for you, but we heard these words earlier. Uh, verses 19 through 21. Paul's outlining that there's, there's, there's desires that we could live into, and yet here's what they would look like. And, and, he, and, he, and he titles these as, as the sinful nature, desires of the sinful nature. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. What he's showing, and this comes after talking about we have been set apart for freedom. He's actually, if you think of it, think down the roads that these things lead to. And it's not actually leading to a destination of freedom at all. Let me, let me just tease this out a little bit. Think of, of some of these things he mentions, of sexual immorality, impurity, and lustful pleasures. Think, think of the marriages and the families destroyed by divorce. About 50% divorce rate, a little higher in fact. And the, t- the toll that takes on kids and on others. Think of the scarring or the regret, the shame or the pain caused by, by porn and sexual relationships outside of marriage. Think of the collective stories of pain represented in the Me Too movement. Think of the 40.3 million sex slaves in the world today. This list that Paul is laying out is no small thing. These desires don't lead to freedom at all. They, they lead to brokenness. Idolatry and sorcery, this this word sorcery is, is pharmakia. It's, 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 it's really where we get the root word for pharmacy. It's, it's drug use. And, and that was so hand in glove in this time. It, that sorcery and witchcraft and, and illicit drug use going on. And think of this. Think of the over 70,000 people who die every year of an overdose. Think of how many others have, have addictions, maybe, maybe in secret or maybe in public, but, but regardless, just how many lives end up broken. Again, not in freedom, but imprisoned. Think of quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, and drunkenness. And think through, I mean, and we could even just, just, just kind of take an arc throughout history and talk through different moments of history where you see these just lead things totally off the rails. We could think of things like domestic violence or a host of, again, addictions or an immense toll on mental health that these things can cause. Systemic racism. Think of isolation or school shootings or ecological destruction. Think of the disregard for human life or widespread poverty death and he caps off with this phrase anyone who live who anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God that that he's he's pointing out how could you think Galatians how could you think giving in to these desires is it all complementary with the kingdom of God 
One-third of what Jesus preached on, one-third of everything that we have of what Jesus said is about the kingdom of God, the one thing, the one subject that he spoke on more than anything else, bar none, far and away, is the kingdom of God. What does life look like when Christ is king? What, what, what's the descriptors when, when, when Jesus has his way, the way of love? Well, you can think that that justice rules and that peace is present and, and love reigns. And so Paul, again, he's kind of teasing this argument out. He's kind of building uh, this, this, this reality of what does, what does sinful nature and these desires look like and what does it lead to? What are the works of these before he turns to the produce of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit? It'd be a little bit like this. I was trying to think of an analogy and it only seems right to use this as an analogy. It is Sunday. I recognize the Seahawks have a 10 a.m. game. There's no hawk talk allowed in Arbor Church, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, uh, some of us are DVRing it. But, but here's my analogy. I didn't, I didn't just use that to, to weave that comment in, although maybe I did. Maybe my sinful nature, I just, whatever. But, but here's the thought. You, 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 you can't expect to enjoy the privilege of being part of the 12th man. Part of the honor of what it means to be a Seahawks fan. Part of just this, this, this privilege of being part of Seahawks nation. And then walk around in a Tom Brady jersey rooting for the Patriots. Good and evil. Light in the void of darkness. You know, like, these things do not mesh at all. They're opposed to each other. So then he goes into the fruit of the Spirit, and I highlighted it in bright, rave Seahawks green right here on my notes. I'm not even kidding. Right there. There it is. <laughs> Galatians 5, 23. Again, we heard this, but now let's, let's hear it again deep, more deeply. But the Holy Spirit produces. This is why we talk about the Holy Spirit as person, promise, produce. The Holy Spirit is, is in the production business. What, what does the Holy Spirit produce? This kind of fruit. This kind of fruit in our lives. In our lives. Love. Everybody say love. love. Joy. Joy. Let's say them all together now. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. Against. There is no law against these things. Here, 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 Paul is using a singular term when he, when he uses this word fruit. He, 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 he's using this word karpos, and he's, and he's saying this in singular, and he's, he's, he's really this idea, and I love there's a, a translation, the NEB, the, the New English Bible says harvest. The harvest of the Spirit is, and it goes into this. And I love that imagery, that, that, that this is all about love, that this is, this is love, and yet it's like, it's, it's like one fruit, many flavors. Like here's the expressions of, of what love looks like, of all that love entails. And, and, and he's, he's unpacking that for us. It reminds me a little bit. This summer I read a Brene Brown book, Dare to Lead. Anybody? Any Brene Brown fans? A few of us. Yeah, come on. Let's get the others on board. Anyways, Brene Brown, she, in Dare to Lead, she, she talks about trust. She talks about we have to understand the anatomy of trust. We're so quick to say, oh, I don't trust that person or, or, or maybe to someone else, hey, don't ever trust that person or, or you broke my trust or I'll never trust you again. Like it's such a heavy, weighty word and it gets thrown around in so many different uh, ways and stuff. And, and so Brene Brown, she kind of breaks it down. She talks about, well, there's actually different parts of what goes into this idea of trust, what we mean by trust. So she talks about people with healthy boundaries, people who are reliable, people who are accountable. They own their own mistakes. People, they're a vault 
that they are good with confidential information. It talks about people who have integrity. They choose what's right over what's easy. They choose courage over comfort. People who are non-judgmental and people who are generous. And I love that because it gave me a little bit of, in my mind, like, oh, this is similar to what Paul is kind of doing here. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, again there, it's fleshing out this idea, like you have to recognize love has so much connected to it, so much involved. And so I just want to look at a few of these words, and there was some I, I kind of cherry-picked, ones that I always felt like were a little plasticky, like a little like, eh, that sounds okay, you know, but... Really? How, 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 how much depth is there to that? So, so I want to look at just a, a, a few of these. But, uh, so we have, we have this list of joy and peace and patience and kindness. So, so I picked kindness. I felt like joy and peace and patience. I'm like, yeah, rock on. Kindness, what? Like, I mean, yeah, it's good to be kind, but how, uh, you know, like love's here and kindness. Like, uh, it's C-team, you know? I don't know. That's me, again. <laughs> a little vulnerable here in this moment. But, but, but kindness here, when you kind of do a bit of a word study, when you kind of play with this, you kind of see where else it's used. I'm like, oh, I want to be kind. Yeah, call me kind, and that is like the biggest compliment to me now. But it gets into this integration of the inner character with outward expression. It's a derivative of the word used to describe the yoke of Christ, Christos. And, 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 and again, this, this yoke of being connected to Christ is not one that's burdensome. It's, it's, it's like we get to share in his strength. And that's really, that's, that's, that's kindness. Sharing your strength with others. Not looking down on them. This is not like Robin Hood syndrome. This is not white savior. We think we know what's best, so we swoop in and make things happen. No, 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 no. This is like alongsidedness. Again, a yoke is like two creatures being connected together not like an egg like this is or being like yoked at the gym like like this this idea of alongsidedness of shared strength and so who came to my mind as as I read this was actually a saint who passed away earlier this year we have a picture Jean Vanier just want to make sure here I think this is a beautiful imagery of of alongsidedness if you don't know Jean Vanier's story it's worth pausing it's worth some point this even this afternoon after we watch the Seahawks just trounce the Browns that, 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 that you would learn a little bit about Jean Vanier. And, and, and here's just a few uh, highlights. So in 1964, at which I think he would have been like in his early 40s at that point, um, he goes to this, this institution where, again, anyone who's disabled, especially those with, 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 with cognitive, like very uh, uh, high, high degree of cognitive disability, would, would just be kind of shoved into these institutions, which if, if you look in other countries, there's, there's ways in which this is still being fleshed out today. And what he sees, and he, and he has this moment, this recognition that, that not only do they not belong just in this place of kind of being wardened off and, and, and kind of closed off from community, he's realizing he's the one too missing out. He realizes that he needs this, the people with disabilities in his life. And so two men end up moving into this home with him, and it's the start of what's now called La Arche. French for the ark, imagery of the ark, of, of, of this, this vessel of community in the storm of chaos of this world. And even he just loved, he says how he loved just even how that word just sounds coming off the tongue. And now it's in 38 nations, there's over 10,000 different people connected in these communities 
where it's, again, it's not like this hierarchical, the people with abilities are here serving those that, 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 that have disabilities. It's this togetherness, alongsidedness. This is the imagery of, of kindness. Goodness was the next word that came to my mind that I'm like, ah, goodness, that just sounds good, you know? Like, why be good when you can be great? You know, I don't know. Like, in my mind, I was just like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, here's, here's this idea of goodness that's so powerful. It's, it's prophetic in nature. It's not just being good, it's bringing good. It's recognizing that what love does is really this act of, of really kind of being justice-minded of bringing goodness, rightness to perhaps a situation that's a little bit off the rails or out of control or misaligned. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Gentleness is, is hard. It's the most untranslatable in the mix, as, as some would say, and kind of kind of studying this a little bit. It's a word used to talk about a wild animal that's been tamed. It's this idea of strength kind of under control, and, and not just under control, but submitted to another. And, and that is so valuable for us in this room to think through in our lives, our agency, what we're able to do, our gifts, our skills, our ability, our privilege, our power, whatever we have, are we willing to submit that to how the Spirit would want to use it, to where the Spirit would send that, deploy that, mobilize that, this idea of this, this gentleness in the way of our living. And then self-control, just this mastery of self, this level, this kind of almost like you, self-awareness or, or this, this ability to, 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 to know yourself in a way that increases your capacity to love others, to be others-oriented, to love others well. And as, as you come through this list, if you're thinking of someone who embodies all these things perfectly, without air, at all times, in all places. The only person you'd be able to point to is Jesus. The only person you'd be able to point to is Jesus. It, it, Jesus is love enfleshed, that love incarnate, love embodied. And in, 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 in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, just hear these words, hear these words. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And again, in this first week of this series, recognizing that the Spirit is part of Trinity, part of God, relational, in community. And so why? I mean, it would just only make sense for the Spirit to be pouring in us this desire to be relational and others-oriented as well, to be loving. Remember, this is what we heard. Paul summed it up in this phrase right here in verse uh, 14. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. In this one command, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. I became a parent two and a half years ago. And what I did not recognize what happened in becoming a parent was just how many extra buttons you get. Like, you know how people can push your buttons and it's like, oh, that's great. You know, like I, it's just being a parent comes with buttons. So, so you, you realize that when, say, for example, you're at Bob's little farm and your kid's playing in this like 
amazing pool of, of kernels. This is all hypothetical, of course. This wouldn't have happened on Friday. Super nice day. Uh, you, you, you don't realize you have a button that if other kids start throwing corn at your son, you get a little angry. You get a little angry at those little kids. Like, but, but, but my, my, my wife's buttons are like cranked to 10 right now. So I'm like holding her back. She's like, mama bear, like, oh, I will shove corn down that kid's throat. You know, like, I'm like, oh, easy, easy. The spirit, the spirit's not leaving. You know, like, just like, it, it could get a little out of control. So, so you have that button. And then you also realize you get this, like, this, this button of just like pure joy. Seeing someone share with your child. I am just like, yes. Yes, we are now best friends, sailor, meet this, what's your kids, it uh, doesn't matter, you guys are friends, you guys are now friends, like, like you, you, you see this act of like, what I have is now yours, amongst like, you know, this toddler stage, and you're just like, so overcome with glee, like, I, I was like, whose kid is this, like, he, he's, again, hypothetically, he, he may have been at Bob's Corn Maze in Little Sandpit, and, and, and there may have been a kid that shared this Tonka truck with him, and I'm like, whose mama, whose papa is this kid's? Because I want to buy him uh, apple spice donuts. Just uh, like, can I get him any? Uh, new, new bike? Does he want to go to college? Uh, you know, like whatever. <laughs> Guys, how much more? The creator of the universe making each person in his image. How much more does he desire that each person be loved? That each person be loved. So, man, a couple options here. One, maybe, maybe we can come up with enough rules. Maybe we, we can come up with enough things, just circumstances, things that could happen, and, and we flesh out and we agree what does love look like and these different things, and, 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 and then maybe we adhere to that, and, and maybe that's one way to do it. Teaser. It's been tried, and it's terrible. Everyone looks for loopholes. Everyone looks for loopholes. Essentially like, ah, what's the least amount I can do and still be loving? Or what's the farthest I can go and it not be sinning? Or, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> option B, the promise of the Spirit. Last week, what, what, what if God's Spirit is in you? What, what if that Spirit is in you and is producing lives of love? Then maybe then maybe we just are guided by the Spirit. Maybe we just live by the Spirit. Maybe we just walk with the Spirit. Maybe all the different things that can come up, we can rest at ease and know the Spirit will lead us. The Spirit will guide us. And this is where he ends. And this is where I just want to kind of, kind of begin to close now in verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That's the challenge. That's the goal. That's the game. That we would just now, and again, this kind of goes to the goal of this whole series. And, and, and this goal, which I didn't share earlier, it's this. Hear this in case it's your very first time. The, the whole purpose of these four weeks is that we bring a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of moving Arbor Church to experience more of him. And when you do, you become more loving. More people are loved. Things begin to change. I'll close with this metaphor. And, and it's this idea. If you're gonna allow something, someone, if you're gonna allow, we'll say, the Holy Spirit 
to lead you, if you're going to be in the state of following, it's going to require being attentive. It's going to require that you understand just this level of influence that you're allowing the Spirit to have in your life. And, and that's why Paul says, in every part of your life, live by the Spirit, follow the Spirit. And it made me think, I mean, at all times, we are being formed. At all times, we are being influenced. Uh, James K.A. Smith, he's another theologian I enjoy reading right now. And he says, the things we do, do things to us. The things essentially we, we practice have a way of forming us. The things we do, do things to us. Even, we can tease this out just a little bit, this idea that, let's say, all of us drove different cars on the way here, that, that just helps to reinforce this idea of individualization, of independence, that, that I only need what is good for me. And, 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 and so maybe there's this idea that, 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 that we've gotten caught up in, that, that we need at least one of everything, as opposed to perhaps sharing what we have. How many cars are represented in this room? How many, how many lawnmowers? How many homes? How many empty rooms? How many, you know what I mean? Like maybe the spirit wants to do something when it comes to that. This idea, Amazon, it blows my mind. I can buy anything, anywhere, at any time, and it'll come straight to me. That forms us in a way. And if we're not attuned to that reality, then I think perhaps we're being influenced by other things. And I'm not, I'm not picking on these things. I'm just saying we need to, again, recognize that the Spirit wants to be in every area of our life. We've made dr driving under the influence illegal. We know that someone who's inebriated, it actually causes not just puts them in harm, but anyone else on the roads. And, and not just anyone else, but anyone else who knows those people, loves those people. What if we have perhaps been driving under the influence, inebriated with materialism or accumulation or nationalism or consumerism or the need for efficiency? What if we lived under the influence? What if we allowed the Spirit to make us more loving, to have this perfecting work done in our lives? And so I just want to pause for a moment and just allow just a little bit of silence for you just to maybe kind of sit with that. And maybe just even ask the question, all right, all right, Spirit, what do you want to do? What What's the next step? What, what area of my life do you want to tweak or change? What, what do you want to speak into? What, what, what would you have me do? And, 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 and after a, a, a brief moment, then, I'll, then I'll, I'd like to close this in prayer. But, but I really think there is such beauty in the fact that, that you guys are getting four weeks of getting to, to learn and be taught on this, to actually not just leave it here, but to allow it to, again, to influence your lives, to live by the Spirit. So maybe in this moment, just close your eyes and just, just think through. Just maybe ask the Spirit, what, what could it look like to begin to apply this?